Hello, I'm Jim Lippy, and this is a Connecting IT Podcast. Hello, I'm Jim Lippy, I could say it, and this is the Connecting IT Podcast. With me today is Nigel Moore, the founder of the Tech Tribe. Nigel, how are you today? Very well, thank you. How are you? Fantastic. Thanks for joining. We really appreciate it. You know, Nigel, uh, I want to get into, you know, first asking you how you got into the MSP space and how you got into the coaching space. And also let you know, uh, you know, I've known about you for a while and I have to say that I'm quite jealous uh, <laughs> that you have a tribe. You, you have a tribe. I mean, who doesn't want to have a tribe? So tell us how you got your tribe. So I, I started in the MSP space way back in probably 2003 when it was break fix and, and we didn't have any access to cool tools and, uh, and whatnot. And uh, I worked for another MSP or break fix company for many, many, many years. And then through a, a strange turn of events, I happened to own my own one Monday morning uh, that consisted of a lot of the customers of that particular MSP that went out of business. And, um, and for the next eight, 10 years, I had my own MSP and made every single mistake under the sun, sometimes far more times than what I'd like to admit, and uh, tried a million things and failed at a million things and, and ultimately succeeded at a couple of things here and there. And, uh, and the business was acquired in 2016. And uh, once that was acquired, I then went out and founded the Tech Tribe, which is my, um, my way of teaching other MSPs, how to avoid all the silly stuff that I got wrong and, uh, and all the cool things that I, I should have been doing in my MSP. And we've kind of grown that up now over the years to there's just over a thousand users in there now all around the world. And, uh, and we've got a great community of, of MSPs where I can help teach and coach and help them leverage how to run their MSPs uh, better than what I did essentially out there. And uh, here we are today, uh, helping them get through this crazy situation in the world at the moment the the COVID situation and the resulting economic ripples that are, are happening from that well great well that's a fantastic story Nigel and thanks for sharing it you're also an author as well too I have popped that. out a few books <laughs> one of them is um I swear I've probably been asked how should I price and package my MSP offering about 500 times over the years and uh mm -hmm. and quite frankly I thought if I keep answering this question, I'm going to go insane. So I'm just going to put everything that I, everything, all of my thoughts and, and ideas and strategies around it. And all I see is the best practices that all the smart MSPs are using into a book and um, knocked out the first one, which is called package price profit, which is all about um, packaging your MSP plans and pricing them and how to organize them into different levels and whatnot. And, um, and then when this, and that went really well, it got to number one Amazon bestseller for a while, which kind of blew my mind. Uh, which was awesome. And uh, especially for a book on MSP pricing, it's not a sexy topic. Uh, then um, just as all this craziness hit, I was, I was jumping on the webinars and panels and whatnot to hundreds of MSPs, um, just talking through scenarios and, and teaching and coaching them about how to approach this and encouraging them about how to approach this. And again, the same thing happened. I was having the same conversations a number of times. And so I thought best way to do it again is to get all this down into a book. And uh, so I, I told my wife and kids they're not going to see me for four or five days. And I hold myself up down in front of the laptop and just knocked out a, a much rougher book, but another book um, called Survive and Thrive, uh, which is just full of my thoughts and all the, the thoughts I've seen from 
smarter MSPs out there that are out there uh, running and grabbing this thing by the horns and seeing the opportunity in it and, um, and going and, and the silver linings and going and taking advantage of it. And so I knocked that book out rough as guts as a um, bit of Aussie slang there and, uh, and got that out into the world as well. And so far it's getting great feedback from people that it's just, they're reading through it and they're getting some ideas and inspiration for how they should be navigating through this time at the moment as well. Uh, wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. And um, two things. Um, one, I'm glad you mentioned uh, that you were an Aussie because I don't know if people would have been able to figure that one out. <laughs> and, and two, I'm going to disagree with you on something. I think Dude. that MSP pricing is very sexy. <laughs> so, it is it is this is true but most people don't think it is <laughs> most people don't but the people listening to this podcast they think it's sexy and that's what good happens. very good 100 so, percent. so so nigel last week uh during the it glue think tank we touched on uh, and you touched on this you know we're we're now in the midst of the COVID 19 crisis um, and we participated, you and I, with Gary Pika in a uh, IT glue think tank. And we were talking about ways that businesses, MSPs specifically, can start to navigate their way through uh, COVID-19 and, and hopefully come out on the other side of this better. Yeah. Uh, during that conversation, you know, we touched on MSP metrics and how to build ultimately a better business. And I said something to the effect as we were going through it, you know, I think we could do an entire webinar mm. just on MSP metrics. And the responses in the chat window uh, were, please, 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 yes, do yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I thought to myself, okay, I need to get Nigel on our podcast and we need to start talking more about MSP metrics specifically. And uh, I should also mention that I talked to the folks at IT Glue, and um, they are going to get uh, you, Gary, myself together again, uh, just to do one one-hour webinar on MSP metrics. But right. today we're we're gonna te we're gonna tease it a little bit. <laughs> okay. So what I'd like you to do is talk, pick three MSP metrics that you think are important for every MSP to track consistently as part of their, uh, as part of their, you know, daily or weekly regimen, if you will. Right. Management regimen. Right. Right. And, and then explain, explain why, you know, those are important. Right. Okay. So in my journey, in my MSP, we tracked a lot of different metrics and we tracked them at different stages of our journey. And, um, and I first started off for many, many years, just flying blind, just thinking that um, all the metrics were in my head and I could, I could run this thing by gut feel. And eventually I learned the mistake or learned the lesson that that's not how to run a business. You've got to run by numbers and you've got to have a, a dashboard up in front of you, which is your, your lead metrics. And you've got to look behind you in your rear view mirror, which is your, your lag metrics, the things that have happened in the past. And, um, and so if I look across an MSP today and I had to simplify it down to three metrics, uh, I would put one in the marketing area or marketing slash growth area. I'd put one in the service delivery area, which is your, your, your help desk and your, your project work and whatnot. And I put one in the accounting slash finance area. And uh, if I had to simplify it right down to three, which is tough, really tough, uh, in the marketing, I would probably make it 
number of new leads uh, that have come into the business in whatever time period where we're reporting on, if that's weekly or monthly, it would be that amount of time. And because the number of new leads is a lag metric based on all the other different things that we're doing, like number of campaigns that we've run and, and all different types of other marketing activities that we've created. But the number of new leads coming into your business, as long as you are, have got a, a solid sales process in place, is a very good indicator of to, as to your pipeline of where you're going in, um, in the business. And to me, that is, especially in this day and age right now where, where there's going to be some contraction in the economy, it is vitally important to have some sort of marketing or growth engine in the business to be going out there and bringing new leads and prospects into your business. Because the reality is most MSPs are going to have a higher than normal, normal churn at the moment as we go through. So we're all used to natural churn when clients get acquired or clients go out of business or clients go for want any other reason. But right now we're going to have clients disappearing much more because they're going out of business. And so to me, new leads is, is a vitally important metric to be tracking right now because as they say, what, what gets measured gets managed. And if you're looking at this, this new leads number and it's sitting at zero for weeks in a row, you're, you're starting to get a little bit antsy and going, oh, I've got to do something about this thing. I've got to get some new leads in this business in some way, shape or form. I've got to run some new campaigns or I've got to do some virtual networking if I can't do any physical networking or I've got to partner up with some vendors or, or other partners out there where I can start to get some leads into our world so that we can start to nurture them and, and speak to them and build relationship with them. So for me, number one metric is marketing slash new leads. How many new leads have I got in the business in that, um, in this cadence or in this particular time frame that we're running? My, okay. Nigel, can I yep. just stop you there? I just want to Absolutely. dig in for one quick second. Yeah, on yeah. So when you say leads, let's qualify that a little bit. Are we talking about marketing qualified leads or MQLs or are we talking about sales meetings? Because a lead could be, okay, I got a marketing qualified lead and this is someone I'm going to call to try to take to the next level. So can you just clarify that for us? You know, it could be, can be either. Uh, for me in, in my business, I like doing it from the top of the funnel. So how many new leads mm -hmm. at the top of the funnel have I got coming in? How many non-qualified leads that are coming into my business? Because mm -hmm. if I've been running my funnel for some time or my business or my, my sales uh, for some time, I'm going to know the rest of my metrics based around that. If I know 100 leads come into my world that are, are unqualified at that stage, then I know that through my systems and my nurturing processes and my check-in calls and whatnot, 20 of them will become marketing qualified leads. Uh, mm -hmm. 10 of them will become leads that I get at sales calls that I jump on a phone call with. And I'll know the rest of the metrics from that single first metric. And so the single first metric is the, the number of new raw leads that maybe they're, they're an email that sign up to one of our lead magnets. Maybe they're someone that we've met at a, a networking event that we've added into our database, whatever they are to me, the best one to figure out is that top of funnel one, because as long as you are tracking the rest of your numbers through your funnel, you're going to get a good idea of what all those numbers are anyway, based on your previous averages. And mm -hmm. so to me, it's, it's important to get that top of funnel one happening first, then, then work on all the other numbers as you go through that, that all, as you work, as you go through this over time, you will work out what your percentages are for those things. And you might find that for every hundred leads that you get coming into your business through your lead magnets and your Google ads and your, your Facebook ads and whatever LinkedIn campaigns that you're running, you might only have 10, 15 sales calls with those leads. And, uh, and that means that you've got a 10 to 15% um, sales call rate sitting in there going through that. And so to me, I think I, I prefer the top of the funnel because that's the one that you can have the most control over initially. And, um, and then you yeah. can just work all your other numbers after that and keep improving them as you go through. But the top of the funnel is the important one because the bottom of the funnel ones don't matter that much if you're not getting any numbers in the top of the funnel. Right. Okay, great. Thanks for clarifying. Okay, so what's your next one? 
uh, in the service delivery department, I'm going to be a little bit boring here and uh, say it's got to be something customer CSAT related, it's like customer, um, either an NPS score or um, there's a few other variants of that floating around nowadays, but something to make sure that you're, you're measuring the pulse of your customer satisfaction. Uh, and mm -hmm. I, there's a few different, um, like I know you're trying to say, you've asked me to say um, one thing in here, but I, I kind of break that one down into a multiple thing because there's the, the customer satisfaction of an individual use case on a ticket. So once we do something for a customer and we, most MS, most PSA tools send out the, the thing saying, hey, how do we go on that particular ticket? But we also really, 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 really want to be keeping our finger on the pulse with the, the primary contacts that we've got there um, in some sort of regular cadence as well. And that might be, I know there's some, some cool customer status or CSAT tools for MSPs out there that go and do that regular pulse check-in with the, the primary IT contacts. It's not based on just a ticket, it's based on the whole overall relationship. And, um, and to me, that, those metrics would be my first ones. Out of everything else, we could go so deep into all the utilization metrics and time metrics and first, run, first response, first touch ticket closures and all of that kind of stuff. But to me, it ultimately comes down to, are my customers satisfied with the way we're delivering service? Are they delighted? Are they loving the way we deliver service or not? And if not, we need to fix that, whether that's speeding up our resolution times or uh, teaching our, our clients how to, sorry, teaching our team how to, to better uh, provide an experience on the phone or, or via email or whatever it is we do. All of it comes back to that, that CSAT in there. And so it's kind of boring because everybody knows we should be running CSATs. But to me, if I had to choose one metric in my service delivery team to focus on, that would be my number one above all others by far. Everything else is a byproduct of making sure your customers are happy out there. Okay. Good one. I like it. <laughs> and what do you got for your third one? The last one is um, in finances, especially right now, cash is king. And so I would be 100% tracking my free cash flow, not just as a dollar amount, but as a trend compared to my previous reporting periods cash flow. Because I want to know, is my free cash flow trending up or is it trending down or is it trending sideways? And if it's trending down, I need to make some decisions quickly. I need to look at perhaps my accounts receivable process and see, am I is it tight enough? Am I giving away too much credit where I shouldn't be giving credit away? Because right now cash mm -hmm. is going to be the lifeblood of the next however many months or, or even years that we've got to get through this, these economic blimp, blips that are happening at the moment. And uh, so that finance in my MSP, at least in the last three or so years of it, I used to have every single Monday morning, I had my, um, my, one of the people on my team in the finance side send me our cash flow report and we trended that every single week. It was an Excel thing. We couldn't get what we wanted out of our accounting system. So we created an Excel spreadsheet that uh, tracked all of our cash available, cash in, cash out for the, the um, where we were at the moment and what was coming in the next mm -hmm. short period of time. And we tracked that as graphs on this sheet so that we could spot trends in there. And, uh, and every now and then we could see a trend. We could see, oh, in the next four to five weeks, we, we could get a little bit low in cash here. What can we do to fix that? And, um, mm -hmm. and I'll be proud to say that in the, those last couple of years of having my MSP, we didn't have any cash flow crunches. We didn't have any crises. In the first couple of years, we had many of them. But uh, once we were tracking this free cash flow and trending it to make sure that we, the trend is always going in the right direction, uh, then we were able to make the right decisions and, and focus on the things and dig up where there's problems and, and go and fix them. So the last one to me is just tracking your free cash flow as a trend, not just as a once off, not just looking at it and going, Here's my cash at bank because that's not that's not cash flow. 
cash flow is a little bit more than just the cash in, you've got in your bank. It's what's about to go out. It's what's about to come in. It's what's your short-term liabilities uh, mixed in there. What's your, your, your percent chance of your accounts receivable coming in and whatnot. And so to me, that one is a at minimum right now is a weekly cadence at a bare minimum. If not more, you should be tracking your cash. flow. as I said, we did it weekly Monday morning. I, I trended my cash every single week. And, um, and that happened for years and years and years. If I had an MSP in this specific, uh, circumstance, especially if I had a mix of um, postpaid and prepaid, I would be tracking it far more regularly than just just weekly. I'd be nearly daily. I'd be on that thing, making sure it's there. I'd, exactly. Yeah. In um, in context, I would not be doing the work. And if you're the MSP owner, I wouldn't suggest you doing the work in in gathering that data because if you have to go and gather that all that free cash flow stuff and get it out of your reports in your accounting system and put it into an Excel thing and whatnot, you're likely not going to do it because you've got another million things happening. You've got clients screaming and you've got uh, your team needing help and whatnot. So you need to make sure that you've just got a repeatable, consistent process in place for someone on your, your admin or accounts team to prepare that report for you so that it's there without you having to think about it. You're to there to make the decision on it, not to prepare the report. Point well taken. Nigel, point well taken. So we did actually something really similar. We did days sales outstanding. Uh, yes. And I, I still remember, you know, we tracked that. So when I had my MSP, a uh, company called Thrive Networks out of Boston, uh, we ended up selling to Staples back in 2006. Nice. Um, but one of the things that, that I, I came to really realize and understand is that it's really, really important to be disciplined and consistent. Yeah. When running a business like this. And it's really, it's not rocket science. It's just a <laughs> commitment to the consistency, right? And, and it's not, you know, to use one of your terms from before, it's not sexy. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not anything that is going to be, you know, super exciting. But what is exciting is running a really quality business. And, exactly. And wh one of the things that, that, you know, we talked about last week uh, in our think tank conversation was you know, the importance of discipline, the importance of consistency and how great it is and how fulfilling it feels to, to run a, a really well-run business. Yeah. Um, so what are your, what are your thoughts on that? A hundred percent in, in my first few years in business, I'm, I'm probably too embarrassed to admit how many years, but uh, everything was via the seat of my pants. And, and because I'm a, I'm a techie at heart and most of us techies at heart chase the shiny objects. We love the new things, the shiny red objects. And, and that meant that I'd go and start something like a, a cash flow report. I'd go and start something like measuring my CSAT scores or any of these types of things. And I'd get bored with it very quickly because I was involved in having to do the thing. And, um, and I realized like you probably did in your journey as well, by the sounds of it, is that consistency is what wins in here. And consistency, I was always searching for freedom, like freedom of having to do the same thing over and over and over. But I actually found in the long term, the freedom was in the consistency. And the freedom came from knowing that my business was run by the numbers far more than it was run by the gut feel. And, uh, and that I had a finger on the pulse and that, that that gave me the freedom that I was searching for in all those years when I was just bouncing between shiny red objects out there. And as I, as I alluded to there before is all of this stuff where you've got to do this consistent tracking daily, weekly, monthly, whatever, they, they're just SOPs. They're just processes that can, that you can work on the first time with your team, someone on your team. And then, then you can step away from it and you've, you've had your input on it. Then all you need to do then is just 
track it and trend it and, and watch it and analyze it and make decisions based on it. You don't need to be involved, as I said, in the, the gathering of it and, and whatnot, which is the boring part for a lot of us techie-led business owners out there. We don't want to get involved in having to track numbers and pull numbers out every single week. We just want to look at them in a nice, pretty graph most of the time and, and know that we need to make decisions based on what's in that graph. And so that, that consistency, and, and what happens with consistency is you start to learn and you start to see patterns emerge. And the more and more and more you see these things, you see, well, here's a pattern that happens every single June, for instance, for our end of financial year. This pattern starts to happen with our cash flow at this particular point in time. And this pattern happens over here when we, we do this thing with this client that they do this refresh every year and whatever happens. And those patterns as a business owner become very strong gut feel ways for you to, to start making decisions in your business because you then start to see all this. It's like seeing the matrix. You start to see all these patterns emerge in all your numbers the more you're consistent at analyzing them out there. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And uh, I can tell you that with RMSP, what we did was every Monday at 10 a.m., we had a management meeting. And we reviewed the, the, the very first topic of every management meeting was let's look at the weekly numbers. And there was 15 different metrics. We're not going to go through all those today because we're going to save that for the <laughs> webinar that we're going to do with Gary. Okay. And I'll even, br I'll, I'll go back to the archives and, and find the exact uh, sheet that we used. Oh, awesome. uh, but I, I will pick three uh, metrics as well that I think are important that are different than yours. Great. Uh, so uh, one is utilization, right? Yes. How well utilized your people are, because ultimately that leads to profit. The number one, correct. Uh, the, the number one cost in any managed service business is is our is our labor, is the people that we have doing all the work. So we got to make sure that you're they're properly utilized, because you can never get that time back, as we know. Um, so utilization was, would be something that you should definitely be tracking, right? Um, one thing that I'm, is kind of cheating a little bit because it, it's, <laughs> it's something that you, you, you touched on, Nigel, which is um, you, you said uh, essentially marketing qualified leads. I'm going to say sales meetings specifically. Yeah. And we, we, track, we track sales meetings. Uh, you know, I looked at that report almost every single day and because, and we generated sales meetings through five different channels. It was right. pay-per-click yep. advertising, referrals, cold calls, webinars and events and networking. And we made our salespeople go to at least one networking event every single week. Right. So we knew that if we could, and our goal was 30 new sales meetings a month. And Based on the fact, again, coming to back to one of your points is, you know, there's, there's, there's freedom in the consistency of it, or that's how you, that's how you become free is because you, you're now seeing trending in your business and your numbers, and you can make better decisions based on it. So we got to a point where, you know, we could look at the 30 meetings that we hopefully book in a month. We could see where they were coming from. And ultimately, based on our average contract size and the, the lead source, based on the percentage of the, those leads that we would close, we could pretty much predict one or two months out what our yeah. next month's recur net recurring revenue was yeah. going to be. Um, so, for instance, like pay-per-click advertising, you know, we, we closed 25% of those leads. Uh, 
uh, you know, on average. Uh, referrals was 30%, cold calls were 10%, webinars, events, uh, 8%, networking, 17%. Yeah. So these are, and I can, these numbers are instilled in my head, right? So <laughs> <They're a pattern laughs> I'll never forget that. You that. Saw yeah, left exactly. Every week, so, every month in and out. Sales meetings, definitely one you should be tracking. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, then, and then we also had one called a customer hot list. So this was, you know, when you're running a business like this and a customer can call and they can talk to any number of people within your organization, right? Based on a, a, based on a ticket or a billing question or whatever the case may be. So we kept a, a customer list, usually it was between five to 10 customers that we knew something has gone wrong. We, so we have, uh, we've burned up some goodwill with that customer recently and they're not super happy with us right now. So we would put them in a list to make sure, and then we would put them up on screens around the entire office. Uh, so people knew if you talk to someone from this company, basically, you know, tread lightly, understand what the issue is, and understand that they might be a terror risk. Um, so we kept very, very close tabs on that. And it made people communicate better with the organization as well about what was going on with some of the customers that exactly weren't happy with us at that time. So yeah, those are one. three, those are three that I would uh, submit to you as important. We know there are yeah. many, many more. And we'll get to those when we all get together uh, with Gary Pika to go through that webinar. I'm looking um, forward to it. Yeah. So one of the one of the keys to our podcast, Nigel, is that we like to keep them relatively short, give people small bites of information to digest and move on with their day. Um, so we're coming to the close of this podcast. But uh, before we do that, I'd like to ask you if you have any, you know, as we continue to move through, you know, the COVID crisis, if you have any, you know, uh, any parting shots and, and, and words of wisdom that, that you can give our listeners? I've got loads. They're all in the book. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a good plug for the book. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Go and read the book. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it, you can grab a copy of it. I don't know if you guys have got a way to send that out, Jim. Otherwise um, I'm happy to give you the URL where, where people can go and grab a copy of it. Yeah, please. And we'll, we'll uh, also include it in, um, in some of the social media uh, plugs we do for this for this podcast so you can go and grab a copy at thetechtribe.com slash guide and uh you don't even need to opt into our email list so that we spam the bejeepers out of you when you go there you can click a button and just download it straight away if you'd like to uh and uh and my top tips are all in there there's lots of different ones in, including accounting and um and communications with your, your prospects and your clients and your team and yourself and all different areas that i dive into in there because uh, there's a lot of moving parts that are, that are in our businesses and there's a, every MSP is at a different stage of their journey and, uh, and has having different things happening to them in their, their scenario and their situation. And so, so that's why I've put it all together in the book so that you can get through it fairly quickly. It's only an hour or so read, but hopefully for most MSPs out there, there's going to be a little tidbit or two or three or 10 in there that's going to add to them uh, getting through this thing easier and coming out the other side in a better space. That's really cool. So it sounds like a, an hour well spent, Nigel. It is, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's the plan. Okay. Okay. 
Well, Nigel, I want to thank you for taking the time today to talk to our listeners about this really important topic and uh, let you know that I look forward to the next time we have an opportunity to, to work together on that webinar with Gary Pika about uh, MSP metrics. And we can dig in, dig in even more on this topic. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's been fun talking and, and the same as you. I'm looking forward to the next one. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, Nigel. Take care. Thank you. Bye.